guys, we find ourselves at the end of the home slate. Kind of a recurring theme this season has been uh, boring home games. And now we have Mississippi, Lane Kiffin coming into Stanford Stadium for a night game. The last game of the season at home. And I tell you what, I'm very excited for all of y'all that are going to make it. Let's uh, let's light Stanford up. Let's make a lot of noise uh, because I think the Ole Miss Rebel Bears are in for a little bit of a surprise this weekend. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 368 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and this is the Georgia versus Ole Miss preview show. You just heard one of my co-hosts, Tony Waller. He is joining us via the telephone, held up to a microphone via Will's son, William, holding said phone to microphone. But William is here, the younger leech. And then Mr. Will Leach is also joining me, my other co-host, and uh, we are going to get started on this ultimate preview. It's the first time Ole Miss has joined, joined us, yeah, played Georgia and joined us as fans in Athens since 2012. So we're going to talk all about it and can't wait to share it with you. Here is Will to get it all started. All right. Well, um, first off, thank you to William Leach, uh, who is going to get his left arm swole and jacked by uh lifting the phone up to the microphone uh so every time you hear tony talk talk know that it, uh, it being lifted by the powerful left arm of william lee you can say hello to start us off william hello hello okay that's the last time you will speak on this podcast <laughs> um uh and so tony of las vegas he watched a uh pretty pretty i wouldn't i would say not a great georgia opener to the georgia season they were actually favored in that game really uh oregon uh, i can see why i don't think oregon's very good mm-hmm. i think georgia played worse than they are mm-hmm. but uh um i will say is uh i went to the pub to watch that game with tim kelly and his kids and uh, and my kids and uh that's definitely one of those. There's nothing really quite like that uniquely Athens experience of watching a Georgia basketball game in public and having people go, uh-huh. lose it again. Why are you even watching these guys? The season <laughs> is literally like 20 minutes old. <laughs> that's already happening. So welcome back to that. Um, but nevertheless, and that will kick off a pretty wild weekend yeah. uh, this week. They, Georgia actually hosts Wake Forest right. on Friday night at 7 o'clock. They also have a game at 5 o'clock against NCA&T. I would think they would win that one uh, okay. at 5 o'clock on Sunday. And, uh, and uh, that's all the sports going on. Well, And, and uh, women's soccer is hosting Liberty on the, Friday night the, in the, the NCAAs. Because they are the SEC champions. That's Congratulations correct. to the Georgia women's soccer team. I guess the Georgia soccer team. I don't think you need to say women's oh, soccer yeah, team. Because we don't have a men's. That's in. right. So, um, but yeah, so that, which is very cool. Congratulations to them on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is Mississippi weekend. Uh, for the first time, we now know that it is a seven o'clock start mm. in all that comes with that. <laughs> to say the very least, the fact that it's a seven o'clock game, the fact that, uh, it, I, I was talking to people last night. We had a fundraiser for Barrow. Uh, my younger son went to school last night and there's a lot of chatter about it being a seven o'clock game and being reminding people a little bit of the Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. But the general consensus is it won't be quite as crazy as the Notre mm, Dame game. They, I don't know. They can start later. Right. It was eight started, o'clock. It was eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. And it was, I would say the ticket scalping were probably a little higher for that game than this because it was, a, I mean, it's special in Mississippi is here. It's incredibly special that Notre Dame sure. is here. And I mean, Mississippi's been here before. It's been 10 years, but they've been here. And uh, more to the point, um, uh, I think uh, we, 
people, we, we played Mississippi before. It doesn't feel like an end of the world thing. And people have act like they've been there before. <laughs> they, the Notre Dame had a lot of people that were just kind of, uh, going big for the first time. But I think you could argue this game, uh, in the sense of importance to the actual season is probably more important than that game. 100%. I think if Georgia could have, yeah. lo- Georgia could have lost that game in Notre Dame. In fact, I remember almost did lose that game in Notre Dame and still kind of kept their hopes for the season. I think Georgia, the way it's setting up, I think they can lose this game and beat Tennessee and still win the East. Uh, but uh, it certainly changes the parameters on everything. Uh, and I think this is a worse... I think there's been some debate about whether this is a tougher game than Mississippi. And Tony, I'm curious your thoughts on this. But certainly I think, again, when we're trying to win the third national championship, every discussion is about whether the best way path to get there... I think this loss would be more costly than a loss at Tennessee hmm. in the eyes of the voters. Not because Mississippi's not respected, but because it's at home. It's right. at home. It's the last senior day. It's the last game of the year. It would hurt more, I think. Whereas you lose on the road, weird stuff happens on the road. Tennessee has been coming on a little bit, uh, and um, you know, and particularly because. Georgia would still have the advantage over Tennessee in that they would have won the SEC East. It would be above them. If Mississippi, say, won this game and won out. But oh, yeah. They could not, be in line for maybe a Final Four spot. Exactly, without making the SEC <laughs> right, championship. Right. So I think a loss here is more costly than it. I think it's more – obviously, I don't want to lose Tennessee. And I think emotionally losing at Tennessee would be worse. But I think in the spectrum of the playoff, I think a loss here hurts more than a loss Tennessee. What do you think, Tony? It's contextual, right? I agree with you that they are going to probably look at a loss to uh, a loss at home, even though Mississippi's higher ranked team, uh, differently today than maybe they will if the loss comes to Tennessee. But you have to keep in mind that right now, Tennessee is currently ranked 14th or 15th or 16th, somewhere like that, with two losses, uh, including a pretty bad loss to Florida. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, I think part of that you have to factor in. Uh, but the reality is, is like you, you want, if nothing else, to win this game because you're sure your spot in the in the SEC championship game, or clearly sure your spot in the SEC championship game. No, I guess if they win, they're in. Because uh, even if they lose to Tennessee, Tennessee Correct. has two SEC losses, um, and and they're both East losses. Um, so that at that point, you are assuring yourself at least not two to play in. But the reality is, is like. Part of what I think you're going to look at here is, uh, is uh, I mean, uh, Mississippi has been playing better football recently, but still haven't played great football. Um, you know, they, I, I went back and looked, they uh, had the same score differential against Auburn on the road at Auburn. You know, they really had to count on Texas A&M messing up this past weekend to be a Texas A&M team that is pretty much assumed to be mid uh, ben, William, that's a, that's a, that's yeah. a I can say Ben. Um, so that allows. Will, think, William, William think, is our tr- is our slang translator. He's so nodding that, approvingly. Yeah, he's like, oh, good, good job, you elderly fellow, on saying yeah, the so word I, correctly. I get some points for Ben. Um, so the, I think the reality is that you uh, you, you need, a, and more importantly, probably you need a good showing out of this because it's the last time George is going to play a football game at home this season. Right. And that uh, part of the conversation last week or over last week was the crowd was not great. I, I'm I glad you brought that up. I, I, the crowd was fine, but it wasn't like electric in a way that I think it will be this weekend. Right. 
I was sitting here thinking like, oh, if Tony doesn't call in, I'm going to have to do the cold open. And I was going to talk about how last week in the preview podcast, I was saying, hey, the crowd's going to be into it. We know what to do collectively as a crowd. And you're right. I've seen it. People arguing about it on Twitter. Uh, I've, I've heard you bring it up, Tony. And I had been thinking that even on Sunday morning when I woke up, I was like, you know, we didn't really bring it collectively as a crowd because... and. You know, sure, maybe a lot of it has to do with Missouri, but I thought the 330 kickoff would supersede that and the fact that Missouri was ranked high. Maybe it's just because eh, it's Missouri and it's like how I described him. I continually feel like I need to reintroduce myself to Missouri uh, being in the SEC. So, uh, Tony, I agree. I don't think there's going to be any problem with the crowd uh, being energized, especially on, uh, you know, defense, uh, you know, first down, second down, even third down uh, for that matter. I would say, kind of like how Will pointed out at the beginning of this show, I think it'll be to where you're thinking it's going to land somewhere in between the Notre Dame crowd, Tennessee of 2022, and then this one. It's going to it'll either be second or third. Uh, it won't to, be LSU no, 2013. No, no, yeah, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. But it, who knows? It could be. If it gets close, close it I could I can be. never talk to him. That was my first big game. Mm-hmm. So for me, like that was one right, of the right. things I've ever seen. So I, I always look for you guys for perspective. On that, it's funny with the fan thing. Anecdotally, and both Scott and William can vouch for me on this. There was a woman sitting oh. in front of us, two row, two or three rows up, who she was um, enthusiastic and Correct. screaming the entire game. I wouldn't say that I found her screams particularly insightful, no. but they were energetic and they were the sort of things that you generally see from a hyped crowd. And I noticed for the fourth quarter, I didn't hear her anymore. And it wasn't because she got quiet. It's because other people finally started making noise. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I think that's really telling that um, I would, she was like, she, I didn't think she was overly rude. She never fight. cursed. Yeah, she she cursed, wasn't drunk. She cursed once and then someone asked her to stop. Oh, okay. And she did. Okay. And, um, and I, I thought it was like, she was, it's not my style for fandom right. to say the very least. And I, I will after a while, you're like, okay, you, you can't be this excited. Uh, but I think it's telling that she was basically able to scream unabated for three quarters because no one else was yelling. Right. <laughs> and it was really only the fourth quarter when things actually got loud that you couldn't hear her anymore. And I think that is telling, you know, and, you know, I, I don't think we're quite to wine and cheese crowd yet. But uh, I think sometimes when you get a team that's won two national championships in a row and is not scared of Missouri, though I think the way the game played out, maybe we should have been a little bit more scared of Missouri. Um, I think that there becomes a certain, um, you know, we're about this. We're, we're built for comfort more than we're built for speed uh, as, <laughs> right. as, a, as a fan base a little bit. And I think that you saw that. I do not expect that will be the case uh, against Mississippi. I think people will be dialed up. Hell, I haven't checked the press conferences yet. Has Kiffin done anything? Has there been a little subtle Kirby jab yet? I, I haven't seen anything. I watched his press conference from Monday, and it was very he was very calm, um, almost demure about it all, just kind of all shucks. And uh, Tony, did you see it? Yeah, I did. I did not, but I saw some coverage, and I think everything you need to know about at least Kirby's thought is like I'm. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. We got a we got a football game to get ready for. We got a lot of stuff to clean up. It was like it was as Kirby coach speak. And keep in mind, there's only one SEC team that Kirby has played as coach head coach of team that's that he hasn't won, and that's Mississippi. Correct. And, and he I got wiped been, out too. He got fully yeah, wiped we, out. Will you and I were there. We were. Um, it was uh, it was uh, it was a it was a fun trip, but a bad game. Um, I am not. I mean, 
you wouldn't say that uh, about this week. I'm not worried about uh, George's preparation for this game. Um, the reality is, is um, I think Mississippi is uh, a very good offensive football team. Uh, they're a pretty good defensive football team. But they're prone to, prone to lapses. And as long as Georgia does to Mississippi what Georgia did with Brady Cook and um, and their their inside running game, I think we can we're going to be able to to hold them at bay. Um, defensively, I, I I think the matchup is really really good for Carson Beck uh, and what Mike Bobo likes to, likes to do. Um, because Mississippi doesn't have quite the same playmakers in the front that Missouri does, uh, which is a weird thing to say, but I think it's true, uh, defensively at least. Um, uh, so that basically means instead of having to make the Hobson's choice of, of uh, okay, we're going to put our guys on Island back behind and we're going to put enough pressure on Carson back that he can't go deep, that um, you're leaving a lot more open space behind those front five or six to let uh, people like Lad McConkey or even even you know uh, Dejon Edwards out of the backfield make some noise uh, on, on the passing game, and there's nothing Carson Beck loves more than to look and find three options seven yards deep. Mississippi has proven to be maybe more explosive than Missouri, but defensively you can get them. <laughs> like I, I don't think there's any question about that, and I'm wondering what, but what this feels like a game. Where, like, I don't know if Mississippi's a team that you that you get up early and sit on. Like, I feel like it's a team that you just keep scoring on. Right, yeah. <laughs> if you've watched any of their games, yeah. I mean, they are in it yeah. until the fourth quarter. They're not getting blown out. Even the Alabama game, they were up, then Alabama pulled away. Uh, and I think that they kind of, uh, that was one thing that uh, Lane Kiffin talked about in his press conference uh on monday was that how they're they're never out of it and he just seemed he's pretty confident about what he has out there um so i don't i don't think that you're gonna you're gonna have to worry about that um i do think that they can be had on the lines of scrimmage even though our defensive line is not what it was in 21 it's not what it was in 22 um maybe Stackhouse has uh, lit a fire under some of those guys and and you'll see some more uh, outstanding plays coming from the the down linemen yeah one of the things that uh, that I, I keep I keep thinking about because I, I when I stumbled upon this my first thought was, oh man Mississippi they've just been blowing like blowing it up blowing up but when I look at the scoring they've had a couple of games where they have like they only beat a bad Arkansas team 27 20. They beat Auburn 28-21 on the road uh, two weeks after we were there, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, in those games, they had a fair amount of yardage, but they um, settled for field goals at times. I mean, that's one thing that Georgia has been good at. I mean, they've given up the fewest number of red zone trips uh, in the nation, um, and that has that has led to um, a lot of – I mean, it's just led to a lot of good things from the – I guess from the perspective of scoring, because you know either Georgia gives up a fairly long touchdown, you know, twenty five yards or more, or you just don't score on them. Uh, and there, um, I, I really like the way um, that we saw some of the younger uh, linebackers. I'm sorry, I cut defensive backs step up last week because Drinkwitz, was especially once they switched that outside passing game, he was really putting pressure. Frankly, going away from away from Starks with and 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 you know. It was just – it was really impressive how Georgia's defensive backfield played better and better. A lot of times in man coverage, 
Uh, yeah, Julian Humphrey the, and Everett played outstanding. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that I think that also, I mean, Will and I talked about this on Sunday. Uh, part of the reason for, uh, Brady Cook was able to run as much as he was in the beginning, uh, especially early in the second half, is when they started going to the outside game, that essentially uh, forced Georgia to split the linebackers a little bit and left the middle open a lot more until uh, they put uh, Pops in there to, to spy him. Um, and frankly, I think a key to this game because, um, you know, Mississippi's not afraid. Jackson Dart's not afraid to run the football. Uh, and if they in a situation where uh, whoever step, whoever's next up, I guess Allen maybe. Uh, yeah, CJ Allen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's probably. I mean, this is this is game to show out because he. I think he's going to be put in a situation where he's going to make a lot of a, a lot of either make a lot of plays or make Jackson Dart make a lot of decisions. Well, Jackson Dart is prone to make mistakes as well as he's trying to make plays, which is something you have not seen Carson Beck do this year. Yeah, I mean, Jackson Dart has been. Good. Mm-hmm. He's not. I think they were hopeful he was going to be ascendant. I think, like, like uh, you know, because when he when he beat out current Illini quarterback Luke Altmaier for the starting job here, uh, actually took over the job when Altmaier got hurt and then held on to the job. Uh, Dart. I always shout out to my friend Will Haraway, who's band the Sun Dogs is playing at the Foundry on Friday night. Everyone come out uh, and see them. He's a big old Miss guy. That's why he's playing the show this weekend. It's their Tom Petty show. Um, he is, he's always been a little skeptical of Dart because at first they were so high on him because that really has always felt like, frankly, Mississippi. And you think of, you know, you think of, uh, you think of what they're setting up there. They, like, the, they always get close to Alabama and don't beat them, right? right? And this year they actually did not get particularly close to Alabama. That was, a, I think they were really dialed up to be able to beat Alabama this year and didn't. In fact, really was not particularly close. And I, I th- what they need, I've always thought that, I've thought this with, with Haraway, like it feels like Mississippi needs their Johnny Manziel. Like they need a dude that just jives with Kiffin and it's just <laughs> the, like the go for it, go nuts guy. And Dart, they were hoping Dart, if just because of his name, was going to be like that. He's not. He's good. Yeah. He's good. He's not great. And listen, Georgia doesn't need a Johnny Manziel. But Mississippi to be at the, like, look, look what Kiffin's been able to do. They're the, Third or fourth best team in the SEC. It's Denver, Missouri. Yep. It's like it's yep. like the third best team. Like clearly in a good spot. They're playing game day at Georgia. That's a very good spot to have your team. They're seven and one. But you saw the way they played against Alabama. They were not as good as Alabama. It was very clear from the get go that they were not as good as Alabama. Haraway was telling me about how like yep, there's you uh, like even before I was like I think because Mississippi scored early in that game and got kind of excited. I was mm-hmm. like, here they go. And he's like, we've seen Lucy mm-hmm. pull the football on this again. And that's surely what happened. This is Mississippi's thing. They just, they can get up to a certain level, but they can't quite get above it. And okay. then to the Alabama-Georgia level. And I think that's, that, that, and they need that extra quarterback dude to be that guy. And I'm not sure Dart is that guy. Right. And I think, and Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, is Ole Miss the only team out of the West that has never made the SEC championship game? Um. Well, it's Texas A&M, but oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. Of the of the OG of the OG West, yes. Okay, yeah, and so that kind of goes to Will's point where there. I mean, I always think of of um any you know whether it was Kiffin or Hugh Freeze or Matt Luke, whoever has been coached there. Ole Miss has always been good. They've even back in the '90s when 
I went to a couple games in Oxford. They were always good when they had John Avery and then Eli Manning came. Um, but the, yeah, it's they've just never been, you know, able to to push through. And I think maybe that's why we as Georgia fans are like, yeah, Ole Miss, they're great. They're good great for people. Them. Good no, for them. We're going to cheer for them when yeah. they're not, when when we don't play them because we hardly ever do anymore. Even though historically we did, they're just the platonic fun team to root for. Except this week, and I think it's right. And like they, they they've always seemed fun and harmless. Fun, fun. <laughs> yeah, they they'll have a, a wild overtime four or five overtime game with Arkansas or. Uh, I, I know that um, that was the one where the the guy threw it backwards. You know when Chad Kelly was there and. Uh, I think that's who the quarterback that maybe you know because Kiffin didn't coach Chad yeah, Kelly. Right, that right. might have been that might have been guy. the guy. Yeah. That might have been the guy. But so that's the thing is like you know I'm curious, Tony. What are your thoughts now that I've seen Missouri and I've watched Mississippi throughout this year? And Mississippi's got you know fewer losses than Missouri does. I think Missouri's better than Mississippi. Do you? Oh, I, I agree. Yes, I agree. I think I think the one thing that and and I was I discounted this before this game. I think the one thing that Missouri does. Uh, better than Mississippi is um, they uh, they they both teams take on the personality of their coach. Uh, Mississippi's coach is um, in a lot of ways anti Eli Drinkwitz, right? He is uh, you know he's irreverent and he's uh, damned the torpedoes and he is you know um, you know haha that's funny. I'm going to post some memes and some pictures of my dogs. And meanwhile, and meanwhile, Eli, meanwhile, Elon Drinkowitz is over there still trying to figure out his MySpace page, and <laughs> um, that's. Uh, but that's. But that's. I mean, like Mississippi's danger uh, to any team, but certainly a team like Georgia or Alabama is they could just catch lightning in a bottle, and that's what they've been counting on with Lane Kiffin uh, there. And, and the reality is, is that he's he's gotten them where they kind of want to be, which is. In the national conversation in November, you know, probably even even though uh, you know, even though even if they lose this game, they're likely playing for a New Year's Six Bowl, and that's fine, right? That is fine with them. Um, but the reality is, is Lane Kiffin is, has been looking for an off ramp for for some time, and there is a lot of there is a lot of mileage and a lot of money. Uh, Jimmy Sexton can get for him if he can upset the number one team in the nation and give Georgia their first loss in twenty games. And and I think that's a, yeah that's the thing too is that you know I I think Missouri I think Missouri is just and listen I was dismissive of Missouri on our preview podcast sure. last week yeah. and they're better than I thought they were so yeah. I'm wary of doing that uh, with Mississippi but I do think there's similarities I do think there are similarities and I think that but to me the difference is. Missouri, listen, Mississippi has won the last couple of weeks, and they, like, they're 7-1. They've only lost one game all year. It felt like Missouri was building up and getting a little bit better and a little bit better. Mississippi should, like I know they're technically, as Kiffin is happy to point out, has fewer five stars than Texas A&M, but Texas A&M's got problems. And, if, and Mississippi barely got out of that. You know? So I, after last week, I am wary of getting too cocky about this game. But I do think that, and I also think, I mean, Kevin's a good coach. You know, Kevin's a good coach. It's hard to see this being a full-on wipeout. But, you know, it comes down to the thing that, the fundamental thing of how Georgia, how, why Mississippi never beats Alabama and why they never make the SEC championship game. They're just not at the level of an Alabama and now Georgia. And I think that, uh, 
uh, I see a lot of reasons to think that that would repeat itself. And uh, Kiffin referenced that yesterday in his Monday press conference. He said it's it, he, he was very honest. He said it feels like we kind of get to that point and then we haven't broken through. And then he referenced the fact that he's playing the number one team who's won, who hasn't lost, he said, pre-COVID at home. And then he said, we're playing him at night. He was like, it's a tough, tough ask. He, he admitted that, very self-effacing. I think it's his way of, you know, um, kind of building that underdog uh, mentality of like, hey, it's us against the world. And it is. It's not anything that he's, uh, n- no groundbreaking news here. Um, yet I am still... Even though it was two weeks ago when we ranked the or right before our, the Florida game where we ranked our, our how these games felt towards us, and I think that we all agreed that Missouri was the scariest and Florida was the least scariest. And this these next two weeks, it kind of these are the the games that could go either way. And I do think that it's scary, but I I think next week's a, a lot scarier than than Ole Miss. I mean, remember, I mean, again, remember we said this last week, but think of all the times where it was like Georgia's schedule is so easy oh, to coast to twelve and three, and no one's got other than I think Michigan. It's like nobody has a tougher schedule down the stretch than Georgia. I mean, they've got top ten like Missouri's a top ten, top eleven team. Mississippi is Tennessee's a top fifteen team. Don't and, sleep uh, on Tech. The yeah, they're so, playing. and then they and then they get a top three, a top five team or a top three team. So yeah, I think that. I think that, uh, but yeah, I'm. I do think though that, and Tony, I know you have to go, so we'll all. I'll let you have the last word before we, we move to the next thing. I do think that my overall takeaway of this is if Georgia does the things. What was the thing you said last week, Tony? Uh, if, if Georgia has its B game, uh, it's fine. Uh, if Missouri has its A game, Georgia just needs not to have its C game. Now I think Missouri's a little better than that, and maybe that's maybe Mississippi's a little better. Than I think. But this still feels like if Georgia doesn't hurt itself, uh, they should be in good shape. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think the the one thing I will say about um, the one thing I'll say about Mississippi that I was less worried about with Missouri was that Mississippi is a team that can get out there and really uh, can blow you up for a couple of big plays. That they have players up and uh, Luther Burden that can do that and and. Frankly, I, I downplayed Theo Weef last week, to, right? And until I, I, I messed around and found out. But yeah, I think that's probably right. I think if, if you were to rank the last two games, I'm modestly more worried about Tennessee just because their defense is better. Um, but Mississippi is a team that can jump out there and do some things to you if you're not careful. I just think I just think Georgia is going to be ready. It's hard for me to see them play, see Georgia play in their D, you know D plus C minus game. If they play a B plus game, uh, I don't just don't see any way. Even if Mississippi plays their very best game, that they can beat Georgia. Okay, Tony, uh, I, you gotta, I know you got to keep uh, chilling in Vegas. You got to go see uh, your fourth Cirque du Soleil of the day. Um, <laughs> so thanks for Cirque, Cirque and Soleil more. Yes, right. exactly. I don't know what plural of Soleil is. Yeah, but uh, sorry, I'm being mid when William. Sorry. <laughs> And obviously you can tell I think George is going to win. Just I won't be around for the end, and I appreciate you all being patient and letting me jump on. I, I think Georgia wins this uh, in the neighborhood of you know, 30, 38, uh, let's say 38-28. Um, uh, and, and, you know, it's a again, I think we're in for another game that is uh, a little nerve-wracking, but ultimately Georgia pulls it out. And you'll be back for it, right? I will not. Actually, oh. our our conference does not end until, or my meetings don't end until Friday afternoon. 
I decided, I, I think soundly at this point, a long time ago, that taking a red eye back, tailgating all day and then yeah. to a football game probably didn't work for me. So where are you but watching it? Getting, where are you watching I am going to, I am going to be sitting on a sports book all day Saturday watching Oh, oh my That's gosh. That's going to be fun. That That's is so fun. awesome. It's, it's a bucket list item. You want to come, William? Come on out. I'll, uh, I'll make sure. I'll make sure. And I'll, 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 I'll see you in my ballet. So yeah, and the, uh, and the awesome, yeah. the awesome thing is, uh, you're on uh, Pacific time, yeah. so you get 9 a.m. kickoffs. And you're gonna be out. This game's gonna be over in time for you to go have dinner afterwards. Yeah, I we so we, we were here yesterday, of course, for the Georgia game, and um, by six thirty uh, or so, uh, both my wife and I were like, how, "It's still daylight outside. What are we supposed? Oh my God, how are we gonna do this?" Uh, and, and the good news is we were able to tough it out to closer to 10. So we have uh, gotten a little closer to Pacific time. But I am excited about essentially waking up, uh, rolling over to the sports book and, uh, and, and s- setting up shot there and watching college football all day. It's a bucket list item. I hate I'm missing, uh, I hate I'm missing Georgia, Mississippi and Georgia's last game. Matter of fact, after the game, I was there with my buddy Brad at the game Saturday night. And he was like, you ready to go? I was like, I want to take this in. It's my last game of the season. As I always do, the last home game of the season, and uh, guys, pull them through uh, and go dogs. You have any favorable lines that you're going to be looking at to put some wagers on while you're out there, and maybe help us out in the process? I uh, I have not looked at a single line uh, other than I think it's safe to say take the Iowa under whatever it is. <laughs> uh, that's I feel I feel like that's a safe one, uh, but you know beyond that I don't have any idea. I'll, that's a that's a Saturday morning problem. Well, hey, before you leave us, will you lead us into our uh, podcast sponsor? Yeah, it's, uh, we do appreciate uh, Ryan Strickland, Strickland Law Firm, for their uh, his continued sponsorship of uh, the Way to Saturday podcast. Uh, Ryan is a, a damn good dog, a longtime University of Georgia law school supporter, and uh, frankly, a longtime uh, listener of the Way to Saturday podcast. We're very excited. Ryan has chosen to support us this season. And if you want to find Ryan, find out what they do, uh, check out thestricklandfirm.com on the internet or call 844-GA-JUSTICE. I always like it on the Sunday show when you have to do all that uh, memorization. And you, you, this last one, you combine the Passion Autos and Ryan Strickland's um, website because you added an LLC at the end. But you corrected yourself. Yes, so. you got it. You got it. Well, yeah, and I, I actually made the made the recent choice to look it up this time instead of trying to do it from memory. That's, last question for you, Yoke. Have you seen the sphere from the outside yet? Uh, we saw the sphere when we were driving in yesterday. I have not seen it at night because I barely made nighttime last yes. night. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, going to see it tonight. We're going to dinner up that on the north part of the Strip. And I, I got to be honest, I'm a little intimidated. It freaks me out. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary. But then, is there I any way? Is there any way we know anybody that's good enough at hacking that we could hack Tony's uh, face or maybe put his GIF up there from <laughs> the Missouri basketball yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that idea. I like that idea. We'll see what we can do. Well, if, you, if you watched the basketball game yesterday, you saw plenty of us because we sat literally behind. Yeah, where White stood. We saw you. So. We saw you yeah. looked as annoyed as I did. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, hey, have a great time, Tony. We'll be texting you during the game, man. I appreciate it. Y'all can be all about Bring home a win and go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks, man. Okay, we're not actually we're done. Not done. We're, we're not, not done. We're not done. Bye, Tony. Click. Thank you to, uh, <laughs> thank you to uh, William Leach yes. for holding up the phone during that time. We appreciate it. I actually thought William's reward for holding up the phone is when we do the picks. He, he could he could make his picks because he absolutely he's doing so well in the uh, he's doing so well in the in the pool that uh, he'll do it. So, William, I'm I'm curious. Every game I go to, you're 
basically sitting next to me. You're you're at the games, and I know that you know a lot about it, and you've heard us talk about the Georgia Ole Miss game. What are your thoughts on this final Georgia home game playing against Lane Kiffin, a team you've probably never seen play before because, like I said, the last time uh, they were here was 2012, and I don't know, how old were you in 2012? Uh, he was one. You were one year he old. He was not even one. Not even one. Okay, so... He was, he, like, the amount of crap in this guy's pants <laughs> back then, just constant. Like, like I'm not going to overstate this, but at one point in 2012, you peed on my face. Like, I, <laughs> I, I was just changing your diaper, and you peed right in my face. I'm talking to Scott right now, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyway, so, so the... Um, uh, the point is, is that, uh, yeah, like, what, what, do you have any thoughts? Do you have any thoughts about this game? So, I think that... You have to make a prediction. We just I want know. the thought of Mississippi. Yeah, I know. Like, Jackson Dart, he's okay. Okay. And um, Lane Kiffin, he's pretty, like, exotic. Exotic? <laughs> He'll probably go for go for the fourth down a lot. Yeah, he plays like Madden. He plays yeah. a good play on Madden. Like me. Yeah. And um, he probably won't fake any punts, though. Yeah, I think I saw William fake a punt on like fourth and twenty-seven. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Did you make it? No. No. <laughs> what do you think about the crowd? How do you think the crowd will be? Because you've been to a lot of games where it was really loud, and then last week, do you, would you agree? It was just kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. And you heard that lady we were talking about, right? Yeah. And it wasn't my wife who was sitting next to you. It wasn't Jennifer. It was the lady two rows in front of you. I thought she was fine. She was fine. She was fine. She was, she fine. was fine. Yeah, and everybody had good good humor around one, her. One dude didn't. One dude didn't, and he was and one dude's like, "Can you just shut up for five?" It, was, it wasn't the guy behind her. No, he was in front of her. He was okay. In front of her. Okay. And, yeah. And she kind of like, and I was in. She was a lot. Like it was, it was a, lot, a lot. Grant, but I also think that like. I didn't find her obnoxious. I didn't find her overtly rude. She was, oh, we've never seen her in those seats before. No, so I think she'd I'm, gotten them off StubHub. Yeah, so like she's got great seats. She's excited to be there. More power to her. She's having a good the time. The funniest. And, and, and emphasize how quiet everybody else was. Yeah, there. and the funniest was she would gesture often to Bobo in the box. You know, it's something when she, it was almost like she thought telepathically she could relate she, to him. She was definitely the embodiment of run the ball, Bobo. Right of that mindset, she yeah. was very much. She definitely, she definitely uh, did not get the memo that the offense has changed a little bit. Uh, right in that time. So yes, William, continue your thoughts on on anything else about the the game this Saturday. And so Ole Miss, their running back, he's pretty good. Quinshawn Judkins. No, the other guy. Oh, the guy whose name is Ulysses. Ulysses? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I mean, you know better than I do. I know about Judkins, and he's really good. Yeah. They have two really good running backs. I believe backs. that. And, um, but their defense, it's not as good as, like, their offense. So, mm-hmm. like, I think Georgia could, like, play well on offense and score. Well, I look to, um, I, you know, I don't think Bowers will be back. I think he's close. But, you know, I mean, we haven't given enough love to Oscar Delp. Filling Oscar Delp! The, the shoes he had to fill were, it was undescribable probably for him. But, you know, I had a lot of confidence just watching him uh, early in the season. Well too, yeah. was, I actually did think, because I mean, also remember, he's not just filling his shoes. He's filling the other tight end shoes that they just that uh, the what, his name's Flanagan. Washington Washington yeah like, they, like which are obviously big shoes but like the, in fact a lot of times you would you heard in the early days of the offense the problem with the offense was not it was that he was gone it was mm-hmm. that Washington right. was gone and that's why remember Bowers didn't have a bunch of catches 
for the first few weeks. And, and it wasn't really, you didn't really explode until like the week before, before Auburn. And I think that, uh, and a lot of that was not so much Bowers being bad and Washington not being there. Right. And I think they worked together. And Delp is, like Delp makes some great catches. He had that one catch. I think even uh, uh, Danielson said. Oh, against Florida? A, yeah. Uh, yeah. That is, that, it said Danielson, it was a very Bowers-esque catch. It was. And uh, so, yeah. And when you have a love for Oscar Delp because you worked with him at Barrow. Correct? Oh, really? Tell he us about that. Class. Yeah. What was it like hanging with Oscar Delp at Barrow? So we went to the track. And was that part of class, or were you just doing? It? Yeah, <laughs> skip school pa- for part of class because mm. we couldn't use the gym because it was picture day. Okay. Um, and then we saw Oscar Delp. And he was, was he just working out or stretching? Yeah. And then um, we asked him if he played football because we didn't know it was Oscar Delp. Yeah, right. right. And, and this was, is before. This was a recent. This is yeah, before. Yeah, this was like when he was still like a freshman. Yeah. And like he didn't play a lot. Yeah. And then um, so he was like, yeah, and then. We were like, well, what position? He was like, tight end. And then we were like, Brock Bowers. <laughs> He's like, oh, boy. Kids, thanks, pal. Yeah, and, and then he, read, he like rolled his eyes. And like, <laughs> no. And then we were all like, hmm. And we couldn't figure it out. So he was like, I'm Oscar Delp. So we were like, yay. Yeah, and now, so now you have followed Oscar Delp. And now Oscar Delp has been, he's been really good. Yeah, he made a great catch last week on a very low throw right at the goal line, scored a touchdown. Um, I think he, him. Like, that's part of the yeah. best thing. No, I, I know. Regardless of Bowers, like tight end is part of the deal. Yeah. And so he's been he's been good. I, I do feel like it just, listen, obviously you'd like to have Bowers. Right. But, you know, I think that, I still feel like Bowers, we'll see how these next two games go, but it feels like Bowers is a couple catches against Georgia Tech. Yep. Get back on the field and then get ready for that. Situation. Well, the, the great thing is that when Bowers was going down, McConkey was rising back. Yeah, and right. obviously, the past two weeks, he's shown how special he is. But, um, you know, the, the interesting thing, and I am not trying to jinx anybody, but wouldn't you agree? I mean, if, as we think back on this, Beck hasn't had a clunker really this season. He's been solid to really good. The entire season, and you know, I'm not predicting him to have one. He's just been Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt was a Vanderbilt. Was yeah, game. yeah, but he had that tackle that yeah, <laughs> on yeah. it at and, the goal line. But I think you're right, and like, and it's funny because the thing that he, reason he's been good is exactly after the first couple of weeks when people were like, I know, I know. What did Kirby say every single time? Every single time, Kirby Smart said, "I'm not, I, guys, I am so not worried about him." <laughs> and and it was almost became like a way to like kind of because remember, let's say this did not work out. For, for Beck, did it say, well, Kirby, once again, with right. quarterbacks, doesn't pick the right guy. Uh, I also think we will not be seeing the Vandegrift. Oh, uh, that was weird. Yeah, the, the, the Vandegrift uh, wildcat thing anymore. I don't think we'll yeah. see that again. But, I, you know, I think that Beck has, I mean, listen, I was worried about Beck at the beginning of the year. I'll be worried about Beck at the year. I don't think anyone's worried about him anymore. No. Yes, Wayne? So doesn't Georgia have this, like, Number one QB coming in. They do. They yes. do. What's that dude's yeah, name again? D- uh, Dylan Riola. He's, uh He he played in Arizona his first three seasons, then transferred to Buford. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I haven't kept up with Buford, but I'm, I know they've lost a game to Mill Creek. But I'm sure they'll be uh, starting their playoff journey this week in the state playoffs and probably make it to at least the final four. William, you may remember when we took a cab back from the game in Nebraska. The cab driver was like, oh, my gosh, you guys are from Georgia. Mm. You took Riola from us. Remember, he has the, his yep. family with Nebraska, and they thought he was going to be the guy that was going to save them. And uh, he was like, that's no. what happens when you're Georgia. You just get who you want, yeah. uh, which is the nice place to be. So I think that's right. But, like, and listen, you know, I mean, this is not the first time that um, – this will not be the first time 
that uh, there's been a quarterback traffic jam uh, at Georgia because uh, I think I mean it's happened multiple times. There are, I mean, there were how, how many of the recent quarterbacks have played in the NFL and been it? Knows what's going on with Stetson right now, but he would have played by now. Oh, he would have had his opportunity with Stafford I mean, getting hurt. I mean, Tommy DeVito is starting for the Giants That's the right. rest of the year, um, which I think tells you a little bit about where the Giants mm-hmm. are aiming for the rest of the season. But I think, but like, the fact is, if I, I love Tommy DeVito and I love Tommy DeVito's mom, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't think anyone in the world would say that Stetson Bennett was a. Uh, Tommy DeVito should be starting in the NFL over, over Stetson Bennett. So, I mean, just a, like for all, for a guy that knows quarterbacks, there's a lot of former Georgia quarterbacks that have played in the NFL. And I think there's going to be more and more and more. And there's going to be like, listen, by next year, Vandergriff is going to be wondering, am I ever going to play right. for this team? I would think that either him or um, Gunnar Stockton yeah. with Riola coming in and then yeah. Beck has another year of eligibility. Yeah. I mean, somebody's going to be taken off. Yeah. I mean, for I mean, listen, this is, we talk about Manning, but like, I mean, you know, Heward got hurt and he's still not starting. No. <laughs> so like, you know, there are, uh, it is, it's tough. You know, the, the, all the top teams, this is how it works, right? Like the top teams get all the best quarterbacks and then they transfer down to lower. That's why JT Daniels is at Rice mm. uh, right now. So I think that uh, that's why Luke Altmaier is at Illinois. Like these things, they all go there and then they realize, okay, I'm not getting it. But then a team like Illinois or a team like Rice or a team like, well, apparently Florida oh. <laughs> is happy to take the cast-offs. Uh, well, from I think schools. they've got themselves a big five-star coming yeah. in next yeah. year. I was, just talking, I was just joking about Merck. Speaking about Florida, they've got a top-five recruiting class. And if anybody's thinking that, you know, with the loss to Arkansas last week, that Napier's in trouble, yeah. he's not going anywhere. No, they're they're not, not firing him again to start this pattern they're of not in chaos. new coaches. No, They may end up in chaos, but they're still Next year's his year. Yeah. yeah. The, the, he has to either, uh, you know, not have a losing season, um, or you know, he might be gone. Uh, so do we have any stuffs? Do we, we have do. any stuffs this week? All we right, do. We have some stuffs. So, William, um, this is the part of the show. Do you listen to the show? Yes. Do you listen to every show? The pregame ones, yes. Yeah, you don't listen to the postgame ones. Usually, you're in the room when yeah. the postgame is going on, so you just hear my because, yeah, you're, you're around for that one, but yeah, because you listen to the pregame. So, you're probably, you're probably not gonna let you listen to this pregame. You're right. Okay. Well, you know, the interesting thing is um, there's four other people that live in my household. None of them listen oh, yeah. at all. I don't think, I don't think that, uh, like I've, I've done almost, I've done, th- what's, our, what's our number of podcasts, by the way? 368. So we're at 380 at Grierson and Leach. Okay. And I guarantee you, uh, my wife has listened to zero. <laughs> I've listened to more than your wife. <laughs> listen to absolutely zero. I listened to one. I listened to the one with the Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah, because you saw both of those. You ones. know the great thing about... Go yeah, ahead. Yes, go ahead, Willie. And Mission Impossible. That's the only week I've seen all three of your movies. Yeah, that's good. That's right. That's good. The great thing about the Grierson and Leach, and here's the thing. I, when I run into any of you listeners or anybody that, that knows that I do a podcast, and they're saying, a lot of them will ask me, what's your favorite podcast? I'm like, I don't listen yeah. to podcasts. I do, I, you know, because one, well, one reason, I'm not in my car right. a lot because I work locally, and I find that the best times to listen to podcasts are when you're driving. It helps... Uh, Helps make the drive go by. But uh, I will give a shout out to Will's Gerson Leach podcast. So when I go to a movie and I see a movie that just blows my mind or that I'm super excited about, like Top Gun Maverick or the latest Mission Impossible movie, I will then go on my podcast player and Google or search in the podcast player under Gerson Leach and type in 
Top Gun Maverick, and then I will listen to what they say about that. So that's what's cool about that. On grierslinkscom slash RSVP, you can see the list of every single movie we've talked about on the okay. podcast, and it's a link directly to that show. So like that, the a large part of our traffic is actually archive traffic. For sure. For that exact reason. For Whereas we think people that listen to our archives are weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's, a sports podcast archive is weird and strange, but a movie podcast archive makes more sense. It's why we try to, whenever we do reviews, we try not to like talk about like, just like in that debate we saw last night. Like you try to Yeah, you don't want to you don't right. want to timestamp it. Exactly. Like oh, a lot of people are coming to stuff later. So yeah. but all that stuff happens at the beginning and the end. Anyway, so William, you will be listening to this show. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. Okay. So, all well, right, so let's let us let us do we have, I would love to beat William in some sort of trivia contest. I can I make a trivia question out of something here. I've already given one away. When was the last time uh Ole Miss played at Georgia? And that was when two thousand twelve. And you were how old? You were not Zero. What do we do the month? Um, I'm going to guess November. Yeah, it's probably not because he's, his birthday is November 21st. He's about to be 12, which is which I would say is terrifying. But I remember what your kids were like when I first moved here, mm-hmm. and now they are Thor. <laughs> yeah, so, they're big. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yes. Um, so, so here's one. Um, William and Will. Georgia and Ole Miss have played a combined time of 34. They've played 34 times. Can you tell me or can you try to predict what the series record is and who's leading the series? Okay. So the, the number's 34, so you got to do some quick yeah. math. And there's probably some ties because it used to be ties. I'll go ahead and give you that there's one tie. There's one tie. So there's someone ahead then. So there's 33. Okay. So how many games do you think Georgia has won of those 33 games away? 18. I'm going to say 21. Ding, ding, ding. If I were Bob Barker, I'd be reaching in my jacket pocket because someone got it absolutely on the dot. And that is Big Will. Yeah, good job. Big Will, Big Will. Uh, I'll take the dollar. Georgia leads 21, 12, and 1. Okay, so here's another question. Um, I think it's 1-0 me, William. It is 1-0. So I said that um, the last time Ole Miss played in Athens was 2012 which Georgia won that game. When was the last time Ole Miss won a game in Athens, Georgia? It was before you were born, Will. William. But was it before I was born? Probably not. He's actually looking at a ticket stub. Oh, smart. Yeah, we are are on my ticket table. So, yeah, yeah, you might be able to find some information here. Um, I will give you a hint. It was in the 90s. 1996. I'm going to go with 98. Ding, 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 ding. If I were Bob Barker, I'd be reaching into my jacket pocket giving a $100 bill to William. Oh, good job. 96. It was 1996 was the last time wow. uh, Olmus won at UGA. So um, one more here. Um, the interesting thing, here's the little bit of a history lesson on, on George Olmus. They, they used to play every year from 1966 to 2002, which in 2002... That was when Arkansas and South Carolina joined the league, and it kind of caused them not to play as much. But they played every year. And when I was in college, that was just you know every other year you go um, you'd go to Oxford, and they'd come here. So here's something interesting. Because of Ole Miss, I remember exactly where I was, and this is kind of morbid, uh, William, when Michael Hutchins passed away. Oh wow. The, so uh, the interesting, the, yeah, the, the, the lead singer, of, uh, the, the lead died. singer of NXS, because I was in a car 
driving to the Georgia Ole Miss game, and it was back when we didn't have podcasts. This was 1997, and I heard it announced over, over the radio um, as we were driving into Oxford. And so he had, he passed away on November 22nd, 1997. And I heard it Friday night, so I was wondering, like, well, when there's the, this Sydney, he died in Sydney, and they're 16 oh, hours right. ahead. So, so I heard day, it right? on Friday, right. and he passed away on uh, Saturday. Sorry to be so morbid, but that was always one thing that's it's one of those things that, you know, one of those flashbulb memories uh, when you hear something and you know exactly where you were. Um, I just found it. And do you have a flashbulb memory of some my, weird time? My, my death one is actually, uh, well, I lived in Los Angeles after I graduated from college. I lived there from 97 to 98. And my cousin Denny, you remember my cousin Denny William, uh, came out to, I, I took a job in St. Louis. So he came out and uh, flew out and we drove back together. We mm-hmm. drove back from, from Los Angeles all the way back to Mattoon. It's like a 29, oh, yeah. 31 hour drive. We stopped a couple spaces, but literally as we were on our way out of Los Angeles, we turned on the radio and learned that Phil Hartman oh, had yeah. been killed by his wife. Right. And it was stunning because Phil Hartman was, I mean, Phil Hartman was 46. Yeah. And he was like, Phil Hartman. Like, yeah. He didn't, didn't, Phil Hartman didn't strike me as the type of guy who was in a big, tumultuous, crazy relationship. <laughs> Turned out he was. Yeah. But um, uh, so I, I always remember, like, we spent like the first three hours of the drive being like, Wow, like mm-hmm. Troy McClure, <laughs> like, <laughs> like is dead. So yeah, that, that's always the the the, the example of that is yeah. always uh, that, that I always think of that. But that started the first three hours of our thirty-one hour. Well, it's uh, you didn't have podcasts, so yes. you had had I something. Had to talk to the person in the car. I had to speak with him, and you couldn't Terrible. stare at your phone either. Yes, you um, don't stare at your phone when you're driving away. You're four, he's four years and two weeks away from potentially dealing with our friends of passion. <laughs> Here's what we'll do. I'm kind of out of the... Um, okay, well, let's do it and let's go into the picks then. Yeah, let's go into the picks. And then, William, before we're done, we'll do some uh, buy or sell, which I'll explain how that game works. But um, yeah, Passion Autos is a wonderful um, niche place that you can buy a car in Watkinsville. And the reason why I call it niche is they really specialize in getting your teenagers uh, safe, reliable used car they they market it to about between well between seven thousand and thirty thousand and of course it might be on the margins at times I've, I've talked to scott Payne, who's one of the owners over there and he said it's very rare that they can find a car for five thousand because they have to pass uh an inspection uh for them to be be comfortable with with selling it and then the money that they have to put into fixing it up or anything but i they have sold a couple that are under seven thousand but give them a Look them up, basically. If if you are someone like me, I have a 15-year-old, uh, and then William over here in a couple years might be looking for a car as well. Uh, they're located in Watkinsville. You can find them online at passionautosllc.com or passionautos underscore Oconee on Instagram. Their Instagram's fun because they always will do a big reveal when they go to the car auction and they bring home a new car, and you don't know whether it's a Honda CRV or a Ford F-150, but they are going to uh, make sure that it is uh, a good one for your teen driver. William, do you have a preferred car? When you think about what car would you want, uh, what, what, what car would you, would you like within four years? Lamborghini. Yeah, that's I've awesome. seen one or two of those in Athens. Maybe they'll be. Maybe it'll be up for sale. I'm going to guess that's not one of the cars that Passion Autos. Uh, no, but they did. They did have a Ferrari at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, right when they started, if you go back on their social media, you can see them. They had a red Ferrari. It looked like a Tom Selleck's Ferrari. <laughs> Uh, okay, then Ferrari. Yeah, it's, <laughs> okay, it's gonna be uh, hard enough to ensure you as is. So as uh, as far as the picks go, uh, William, do you know where you rank in the picks? 
I am exactly 61st. You are 61st. You've, you've really improved. You've kind of been all over the place, as we all have. I well, keep falling down and getting worse, and you are kind of, kind of coming up. Now, are you ahead or behind your dad? In this, as in all things, you are behind to me. <laughs> you are 26 points behind him, so it could change. Wait, what, what am I at? You are at 589, and he is at 563. Oh, I thought points, but what's what, no space? Oh, no, you're in 15th. 15th. Okay. 15th place. Um, so if you, but William, if you think about me, I'm in 121st place. I don't even know. I'm probably tied with people who've quit picking. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the advantage of a group like this. There's always people that stop, so you can never finish last. Right. As long right. as you keep going. Right. So Alaro is in first again with 613 points. Right, uh, one point in front of Panic Dog. I assume that they're they were at that uh, concert back in mm-hmm. 1997 or eight uh, in downtown. Then I you think got Tiff Willie is really high. Isn't Tiff Willie is. Uh, I'll oh, have to type her in. Oh no, she did really good last week. She's not as high as you. Yeah. Tiff Willie is in 38th yeah. place. Usually, I but, think she uh, it first last week. Tony's daughter uh, Katie is in third place. Third place. So, yeah. uh, so we yeah. saw her at the tailgate and did some trash talk. I saw Katie on the big screen. Oh yes, yes. She always, she and Charlie, Tony's uh, kids, always are in the right spot. We never get on the big screen. Then we never get. William gets the big screen when he sits with his buddies, but never with us. Yeah. Never. Yeah. All right, William, you ready to make some picks? Yep. So we are going to start with Georgia State hosting Appalachian State. So the Mountaineers are 5-4. and four. Well, When is this game? This game is Saturday at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, okay. Mountaineers are 5-4, and four, Georgia State 6-3. So if you hustle, you can get out to Turner Field, yeah. watch the game, and then get back in. No, I would it's, not recommend it's it. It's easier to get to Turner Field than Boone, North Carolina. No, I mean, yes, it is. <laughs> It's easier to get to Turner Field than Truist Park, but uh, that's another discussion for another time. I've got uh, the Panthers. I have Georgia State. I will take Georgia State as well. All right. Low, though. I feel like they always, I always want them to be a little better than they are. I, never, I, I don't like the ones when it's like group of five because I only know. Amen. Preach. Look at this. Preach. I'm raising a little elitist. I love it. Over here. I love it, William, because that's why I mentioned them first, because as you, as you probably know, since you listen to the podcast, I like to put the games that I'm least interested in at the top. And as we work our way down to the stuff that I'm more interested There's in. There's several little indictments of Tony's picking strategy. I just randomly pick one of them. Okay. Well, that's, like, that sounds saying. like the voice of someone that's in 61st rather than 18th. True. But um, yeah, sure. I always put them at one though. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to uh, Miami at Florida State. This is the big one. This used to be, before you were born, this was one of the most uh, hotly anticipated matchups of the season. They would always play it early in the year, and uh, it was always thought of like wide left, like Florida State. Kept... There had to have been some Bobby Bowden versus Jimmy Johnson games back in the day. Just goodness all yeah. around. So. Yeah, but Miami's 6-3. and three. They've kind of res- been resurgent since that bonehead loss to Georgia Tech, and Florida State is undefeated. I think the Seminoles got this easily. They're playing at home. I have Florida State. I, I is this Florida State's last tough game against Clemson? I guess. I mean, they've got uh, North they're Alabama they're and they're Florida. Florida. Yeah, that's, that's it. Florida. It. I mean, Florida. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, is this a tougher game than Florida? Yes. 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 Um, I'll take Florida State. I'm still not probably very worried about it. All right, moving on to uh, up at Clemson. We'll just mention that we've got Georgia Tech. Going up to Clemson and playing a noon kickoff. Clemson had something for Notre Dame last week. Georgia Tech has been resurgent. They've won two in a row. Uh, they beat Virginia, which 
historically speaking, is a house of horrors for Georgia Tech. They never win in Charlottesville. They won in Charlottesville last week, and now they're going to Clemson. I think Clemson's going to beat them. I hope they beat them. What do you think, William? I think Clemson's going to win, but it'll be close. I will be rooting for Georgia Tech in this game for several reasons. One, because it makes it more likely. I still think oh, they'll yeah. get the no, good game point. Good point. Uh, the problem is that, like... The the thing is, I don't. There's no way that's ever going to be a three thirty game because that's always going to be on Alabama. But seven could be on the table at some point. We get a hotel and have a nice night out of it. But noon is always a little harder. Um, Georgia Tech has five wins. They've got Clemson, Syracuse, Syracuse, and Georgia. So just one of the. I I, I feel like Syracuse, Syracuse may be their best chance yeah. in that one. Uh, I'm rooting for Georgia Tech, but I will. If Clemson would have lost last week, I think it would have been on the table for Georgia Tech to win this game. But I feel like. Them being their name is a sign of something. Maybe that must be Florida State, too. Yeah. Then we've got, we're going to go out to the Pac 12, William, or the current Pac 12. Um, Soon to be Pac 2. Pac 2. So this, next year, this will be a Big 12 versus Big 10 matchup, which is strange. Uh, Utah goes to Seattle and plays Washington. What do you think, William? I think Washington's going to win. Washington was a, was a little bit... A little wobbly. A little wobbly, I mm-hmm. thought, last week. But Utah... Utah's Wobblier. Team, yeah, Utah is a team that is not as solid as they usually are. Usually Utah is just... like They're a team that can mess with a team that's as wobbly as Washington. Right. But I don't think this is top-shelf Utah. Yeah, because Cameron Rising, he's out for the year. Yeah. Uh, see, at the beginning of the season, it was like, is he going to make it back oh, and everything? Yeah. I guess they've just shut him down. Yeah, yeah just like Well, Michael Penix has uh, been awesome this year. He basically willed them to win against a high-scoring game against USC last week. I think he might be the front-runner of the Heisman. We were discussing how we like his vibe more than we like Caleb Williams. Do you vibe. like him because he's uh oh a hundred percent agree yeah, with Caleb that. Williams is like very. I, I that was not a good look of him he's crying. Very affected with he's him very affected. Yeah, with him crying to his mom yeah. last week. Give yeah, honest emotion, but even like at the end of that game, when in the interview, he's like, "Man, I'm just living my life. Man, I just gotta go back to my life and hang out with my dog." It's like, dude, chill. Like, meanwhile, Penix is like, yeah, it's a good game between two yeah. good quarterbacks. Like, I like Penix's vibes so much. Like, Cable Williams is obviously a better quarterback, but uh, I find it easier to root for Penix. There's no question about that. Do you like him because he's left-handed? Because you're left-handed? There's not that many left-handed, awesome yeah. quarterbacks. Best left-handed NFL quarterbacks of all time, Steve Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Zorn. Remember Jim Zorn? I know the name. The I didn't Seahawks. know he was left-handed. Yeah, the old Seahawks guys. And... Uh, Two is left-handed. Two is left-handed. Two is left-handed. I would also like to note that in the Washington-USC game, Washington's running back had like 250 yards, and he had four touchdowns. Yeah, so yeah, he's facing USC's defense, and Utah's defense is better than that. But I will take Washington. Washington is a team I would be perfectly happy. Uh, You you don't want – we've discussed before how we don't want like Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan. Right, right. Uh, Like – Florida State looks like they're going to get in. I'm less excited to get in. Washington would be a cool thing to have. It would. Play. It would. Because George's never played Washington. Yeah, I would enjoy watching. I, I would enjoy seeing Washington. A, a Georgia against Florida State and um, Michigan or Ohio State against Washington, that's a pretty fun playoff. I agree. And uh, if Tony, if you're listening to this part, Washington's favored by eight and a half, I'd, I'd put a lot of money on them to yeah. cover that game. All right, moving on. Uh, we got Michigan's really their first test, and it's a big one uh, of the season. They are favored by five and a half in Happy Valley versus Penn State, who has only lost one game, and that's to Ohio State. I'm going to go ahead and make my pick, William. I think Penn State upsets them because of the home field advantage and wins a tight one. 
I also have Penn State winning. Well, I do not have Penn State. And they did play better last week. They did open the game up a little bit. I, they were just really not impressive at all against Ohio State in a way that I wanted that game to be mm-hmm. tighter. And they just weren't really impressive. And, and considering how it's remarkable that Ohio State has just like basically lost two games in two years against Michigan and Georgia. And people are like, day sucks. Yeah. Ohio State stinks. Like they just keep winning all the time. And everyone is so down on them. So uh, I, I think Ohio State's better than the I'm going to ta- take Michigan in this game. It's like they can't win the big one. Yeah, it's also like Day is so annoying. Oh, I, I agree. I think that is part of it. I, I honestly, think his beard has something to do with it. I think he's just, he's just, talk about guys that are like too much. Mm-hmm. Like Day is too much. Like I feel like Day is too early in his coaching career to be as big and, uh, yeah, I, I, I do think part of the problem is it's hard not to sometimes look at Day and be like, this guy is a doofus. <laughs> like, like, I, like, even when Kirby's, Kirby Star was, was when people were like, he's the, the, he hasn't figured out the quarterback stuff, the, 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 he's tense up in big games, and the fake punt and so on. He, nobody ever looked at Kirby Smart and thought, look at this goober. Right. <laughs> and people look at Zach Day and think he's a goober. Right. And I think that's part of the problem. I wonder if it has something to do with the Ohio State because Urban Meyer was there, Jim yeah. Tressel was yeah. there. They have like more stable, well, I guess calling Urban Meyer stable is not fair. But certainly as a coach-wise, mm-hmm. he was at least in the in college ranks. But uh, yeah. All right. Now we're down to the SEC, uh, William, uh, a conference you know a lot more about, I'm sure. You've got Mississippi State traveling to Texas A&M. Basically, same records. I mean, Mississippi State's four and five. A&M's five and four. The spread on this game is kind of ridiculous. Uh, A&M is favored by about 20 points in this game. I think that's a little high. I think A&M wins but doesn't cover. Mm -hmm. I agree. You agree. Okay. Uh, Texas A&M will win, not by 20, but but, uh, yeah, I think they win. And then we've got Florida, who lost in overtime to Arkansas, which shows that you've got to really pay attention to these low-level SEC teams. They could, they could, it could go either way. Uh, and teams like Florida, Arkansas, and Texas A&M, I just enjoy saying that. Uh, Florida goes to LSU. LSU is six and three. They've had a couple tough losses, but they're playing at Tiger Stadium and they're playing at night. And they are pretty much unbeatable when playing an inferior opponent. Florida's an inferior opponent. So I think Brian Kelly and the Tigers win this one pretty easily. I think LSU is going to win. I agree. I am very comfortable taking LSU in this one. And then speaking of Arkansas, they are hosting Auburn. Arkansas and Coach Pittman are going to have to run the table to become bowl eligible. They have Florida, or I'm sorry, they beat Florida. They have Auburn this weekend. They have Florida International. That could be a win, but they end it with Missouri. Yeah, I always forget. Is that a Friday? Is that a Black Friday game? They yes. Play the game yes. On a fly Black Friday. Yes. It's always kind of fun. Um, isn't this, isn't the Egg Bowl also a Black Friday game? No, that's Thanksgiving. Uh, that's Thanksgiving. Actually, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah. William, you are. You are right. Um, I'm. Yeah, Arkansas could get bowl eligible, like, and I think that actually spoke more about Florida than it did necessarily Arkansas. I was glad he had that moment though for a dude that still feels like this is going to be his last year at Arkansas. Yeah, uh, but I can't take them here. William? You got Auburn? Auburn? Yeah. I've got Auburn. Auburn. Okay, then we've got Tennessee at Missouri. This is a big game. This game will be almost done, maybe close to being done when uh, Georgia kicks off. If Missouri wins, it basically gives Georgia the East title before they even kick off. Correct. Right, right. So um, they're hosting Tennessee. Is that that true? I guess. And and then if if Georgia wins... 
no matter, it doesn't even, matter. It doesn't matter. Correct. Right. Correct. So uh, I so think Missouri's going to do the it. The only way Tennessee could win the SEC East is if Georgia loses and they and Tennessee wins. And they beat Missouri. Cut. Yep. But well, I think Missouri wins. Tennessee and Missouri win. I have Missouri. It's one I, and a half. Tennessee's favored by one and a half. At Missouri. At Missouri. Ooh. Um, man. It's funny. I actually thought it was going to be clever by being like, I feel like Tennessee could win this. But like, that's if they're already favored. That actually makes me, makes me feel like I would need to go the other way. I'm going to go ahead and take Tennessee, but very low. I'm going to regret it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then we've got uh, Vanderbilt at South Carolina. That's a good game. And Tennessee, Missouri. Is it a is a big game, game. and I'm, game. I'm glad it's on at three thirty to where we can watch it. Um, Vanderbilt at one and eight. Um, visit South Carolina at three and six. I think I heard South Carolina's won like nineteen in a row versus Vanderbilt. They're which favored which by is not fourteen. Can say. No, that's not. I think uh, Vanderbilt's awful. South Carolina's awful as well, but they're less awful than Vanderbilt. So I think the Gamecocks win it. Um, it's going to be ugly. Maybe maybe not by 14, but less. Okay, so this is going to be surprising, but okay. I have Vanderbilt. Whoa, he's taking Vanderbilt. I would love for that to happen. Really would. If Vanderbilt wins this game, I think you do have to start asking some, some questions about what's going on in South 100%. Carolina. Uh, this game. I'm taking South Carolina. And then we've got Alabama. Going to Kentucky. This is a matchup that just doesn't happen very often. You could call this the Bear Bryant Bowl. Uh, is this at Kroger? He coached at both of them. He, oh, okay. It is at Kroger Field. Alabama's favored by 11.5. That's not enough. I think Alabama rolls Kentucky. They're feeling it. Jalen Milrow is playing excellent. And I think Nick Saban's got the entire SEC exactly where he wants them. Um, I have Alabama, but not by like 10. I'm looking at the get-in price for this game. 114. Hmm. 114 to get in. Uh, Come on, Kentucky. Yeah, 114 to get in. It is Alabama, for crying out loud. Uh, yeah, this is noon. This will be fun. Um, I'll take Alabama because um, it's just hard to see what Georgia did to Kentucky and not feel that Alabama, if not do that, should have trouble with them. But, you know, uh, it is. it would be a very crazy mid-November thing to have happen. The Alabama has everything rolling in their direction and then gives Kentucky their highlight of a lifetime. Did you just diss on the month of November? You called it mid-November. No, mid, like the middle of November. It's the middle of November. Mid means the middle as well, too, to, as opposed to <laughs> mediocre. The, the look on William's face, like, yeah. wait a minute. I didn't mean to be <laughs> El Riz about everything. You didn't mean to be so dismissive of hey, this yo. month. Okay, go ahead. Now we've got uh, we've got Ole Miss the traveling. Middle schoolers are talking differently than everyone know, else in the world. Their own wait till you, wait till they get to high school. They talk even stranger, or they just, you know what? They just don't want to talk to you. The problem now, I'm ready for that. <laughs> I knew that was coming. The problem I would say this: the problem with the slang is it's coming from dumbass internet memes, and like that's what's like that's the problem. Like the internet language is like the lowest of all possible languages. So it's not like slang where it's like, like I will say, I will give Riz some, some props. It's now in the dictionary. It's kind of clever. Like I like it's based yeah. off charisma. charisma. It's an interesting right. word. Sure. And I, it, like I, I'll, I'll grant that. Do I still feel like I've said this to you before, William, it should not be W Riz. W is too many syllables for slang. W is an awkward letter. But it sounds good. No, it should be, it should be H Riz for high Riz. Why? It should be H Riz. H Riz does not sound good. W Riz sounds weird. Uh, it's too many, too many syllables. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying middle schooler. I think I know your middle school language a little. I just have some notes. 
That's all I'm saying. I have some notes. Have some notes. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, we got Ole Miss visiting Georgia. We got a seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, I'm excited about this game. I remember back game day, being game in day. game days here. I remember being back in school, and we would always. I mean, I I went to a couple of date nights out at Oxford um, because why not? You know, we would just road trip out there, um, and then had some friends that went to went to Ole Miss at the time. Went to the fraternity houses out there. It was just a great time, and, and and I don't think just because we're playing them on the gridiron, my um, affinity towards uh, the school in Oxford is going to ever change. I will always uh, be fond of them. Plus, there's a lot of people here in Athens that are Ole Miss grads, and oh, yeah. you're going to see a tailgate uh, that you haven't seen recently. I wouldn't Sorry. be surprised if some people bring in some candelabras and <laughs> some uh, some tablecloths uh, coming in. But it'll be fun. It's going to be... I know that the culture has moved on from Colonel Reb, and I'll agree right. that it's a good thing. I will confess to having... I, I find Colonel Reb uh, historically not great, uh, maybe problematic, but I, I kind of... Mr. Mustache. Yeah, he, I he looked, enjoy Colonel yeah, Reb a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he looked good. I'll confess. He looked good uh, out there. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think uh, it'll be fun. But listen, this will be a good reason to hate Mississippi, though. Yeah. Like, if, if, if there's ever a time. If just for gonna, one day. Yeah, but I just mean to, like, because I agree with you. Like, I'm not going to have any bad thoughts right. about Mississippi. Unless they ruin the 3 piece Sure. <laughs> on yeah. the last home game of the year. Yeah. Uh, on game day. In which my buddy McAfee's going to be here. Oh, uh, that's right. Are you going to go uh, yeah. Go yell at him? Or? No, 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 no. I, I do not need to uh, to roll around in the pig slop uh, because it gets you dirty in the pig legs. I'm going to go out there on Wednesday at like 5 a.m. to do the kicking contest. Do the kicking contest. Just like yeah. wait and yeah. then like. I get to do the you kicking You have to go to contest. school tomorrow. I'm sorry. No, thank you. <laughs> well, I think... I think the the atmosphere is going to be amazing. I think that Georgia is going to be prepared. Um, I'm not worried about this game. And I think Georgia's offense is clicking with Beck. I think we're going to miss Pop on defense with uh, Jamon being out from with the with the broken arm. But it's you know it's next man up. I mean, I hadn't said the name Julian Humphrey until last week. Uh, he stepped up. You got Everett stepping up in the secondary. Um, Nazir Stackhouse with the with the awesome big guy interception. I just think that Kirby's got these guys ready to just step up and make plays. Um, it'll be touch and go in the first half, but then Georgia pulls away. It'll be a fun third quarter, an awesome light show for the fourth quarter. Georgia wins this game 40 to 11. Okay. Right. Okay. So I think. Remember, this is a prediction coming from someone who's considerably below me. Uh, in the picks race, just to remind everyone. <laughs> okay, so um, I think this will be a good game. And then I think in the fourth quarter, Georgia will just, like, rot the time away and score two more touchdowns. So I think the final score is going to be 35-17. to 35-17. I like I, – I, I can see this going down. In a way, it's not entirely dissimilar from Missouri, but maybe the margins are a little bit more, where, where – um, Mississippi gets themselves within like six mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, but Georgia has the ball and gets a field goal and and then gets the interception and runs it out. So I think I can see the score. What's the spread on this game? It is 11 and a half. That sounds about, I could say, I can see this end up being like a, I'm going to go 34-24. I can see it being a little closer, uh, but not feeling closer. I would say. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think that's uh that's a good uh Do we have a buy prediction? sell? Do we have a finish with a buy yeah, sell? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's sell. do that. Um so what here's what we'll do. We're gonna do a quick buy or sell, 
And then I've got some questions uh, that I tried to gear towards William, but they're also obviously geared towards Will and myself. So here's the buy or sell. And William, I'll let you start. And I'm a Falcon fan, and they had a horrible game last Friday, last Sunday, and I think they play your Cardinals uh, this weekend. So playing my, the Cardinals is a good position to be in. Yeah. yeah. My question is buy or sell, and this is a group: Arthur Blank and Arthur Smith, because I am ready to sell them, and in fact, sell them for the cheapest amount possible. Both the owner Arthur Blank and the head coach Arthur Smith. I would sell Arthur, Arthur Smith and buy Arthur Blank. I think Blank. I think I mean I make this joke about the Blank all the time. He is the most likable. He's in the top one percent of likable sports owners, which still puts him in the top bottom one percent of likable humans. <laughs> right. But uh, is uh, I I think I think what even what he's done with Atlanta United. I feel like the guy is okay. generally well, maybe he could just stick to United, yeah, and sell the Falcons. What do you think, William? I think buy Arthur Blake and sell Arthur Smith okay. because. The That'd Fal- be a good start. The Falcons, they like, um, they, uh, like yeah. yeah, Arthur Smith did shave his mustache, so he doesn't look like as big of a boob as he did <laughs> beforehand. And um, they kind of let Josh Dobbs, the third sitting quarterback. Well, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Okay, don't go. Get ahead of the moderator. <laughs> okay, buy or sell Josh Dobbs. That was my next one. He He played amazing. I mean, I can even pull myself... Oh, wait, I watched that game, and I can even take a step back and go like, that guy showed up on Tuesday, didn't know the cadence, or wasn't aware, didn't even know some of the full names of his receivers, and just came in. That guy is a football player, and sure, he went to Tennessee. He beat Georgia with a Hail Mary uh, when he was was a— That was him. (laughs) That's right, but he's a good dude. That's the second time he's done that this year, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, he was with like the Steelers or something. He was with the Vikings, I thought, wasn't he? With the Browns. Browns. That's right. He's with the Browns. He's but yeah, the Browns. I would buy, buy, buy Josh Dobbs. He's the the quintessential and journeyman's uh, kind of a pejorative for people. Yeah. He is a journeyman, but he is the type of guy you would love to have in his club. Every once in a while, the journeyman turns into Geno Smith and becomes True. like a starter out of True. nowhere. So yeah. So, so you buy him? So I. He remember William was a Browns fan. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I buy him, but I'm. It's closer to selling him because I just realized that. <laughs> He's he was the one who threw that helmet. That was like the worst moment of my life. <laughs> yes, yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was terrible. Sure. Were you there? No. You were not there. No, you, you weren't there. there. I wasn't there either. I was there with Alexa. Your mom. I was, there with your mom. I was like crying for like eight hours. I cried for about an hour yeah. after that. But see, that was, bef- that was when Georgia fans were... Always just like, okay, here, here comes. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. You know, Lucy's going to pull oh, the football man, away. Do I not miss those days? Those are the worst days. Those are the worst days. I'm not nostalgic for those at all. Okay, here's a few more buyer sells. Buyer sell, whatever the Cubs just did, firing David Ross, hiring Craig Council, that just I came out of nowhere to me. As a Cardinals fan, sell. As a Cubs fan, buy. Council's a really good manager. And that's a, I. David Ross is a fine manager, and he's also a franchise icon, so there's some bad mojo when you do something like that. Mm-hmm. But Council, like, I would love for Council to be the Cardinals manager. Like, Council's a really good manager, so uh, I did not. It shows a seriousness of purpose that I'd rather the Cubs not have. Mm. So 
Oh, as a, if you're off a Cubs fan, I'm buying him as a Cardinal fan. I'm selling. Well, see, as a Braves fan, I am buying because perhaps I've heard some some rumblings that Ron Washington might be in talks to leaving, and I think that David Ross would be the perfect guy to come over for a year or two if he didn't get another managerial position and be like a third base coach yeah, or a bench yeah. coach or something like Maybe that. Maybe uh, I mean, Snit's getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Be the Snit, uh, Put him as a coach in waiting, potentially. If I'm the Cubs, I would buy because, like, it was, that was like shocking. I thought Craig Council was going to sign like another five year deal with the Brewers. Or he was going to go to the Mets. I think yeah. I was going to go to the Mets. I'm glad he's not with the Mets. And then I was like, I think, because I, I think most people thought David Ross would stay, I think. Yeah. But um, that was crazy. Yeah, that was so, crazy. So bye. Okay, uh, another buy or sell. Buy or sell trading cards. I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day who is really big into trading cards, and I made the comment. I was like, you know, I stopped collecting in the early 90s because I had all these cards, and they're worthless. They were worthless back then, and they're still worthless now. And he, he talked about how they're now rarer and you know they're more uh, you know rated and things like that. So I sell because it, it basically whenever I think of my trading cards, it just frustrates me. Okay. Why? For baseball cards, buy because like baseball. Yeah, baseball's <laughs> awesome. And um, basketball cards and football cards sell because like there's not as much, yeah. and they're kind of boring. Um, the this is a Leach, famous Leach family story. I was obsessed with collecting baseball cards, and then my father and I uh, took them out. Well, that, what did I say about growing up in the farm country Midwest? Is you just got to burn your trash. It was amazing. Okay. Like <laughs> there's no possible better chore to give like a 12 year old. Like hey, here's a big bucket, a bag of stuff. Go Literally burn this it. Fucking set it on fire. What? I wish I could. Do I that. know. It's a different. It's a different uh, uh, I think we're seeing the ramifications of the fact that a lot of people did that for a long time. Uh, but um, uh, we burnt all the baseball cards. We burnt all the baseball cards because all everyone kept asking was like, "Oh my gosh, how much are you going to sell those for? How much are you going to sell those for?" And that was not why I wanted to do the cards. That's not why we had them. So we took a philosophical stance and burnt them. Well, and it turned out they were worth nothing. Yeah, the, the, none of those cards from the eighties <laughs> or nineties. Yeah. I even have a Ken Griffey. Yeah. junior rookie card that's like a Fleer card and it's worth like 20 bucks. Yeah. Exactly. Money is, my, 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 my Brian Leach's firmest rules, money is something that you earn. You don't just luck into it. You don't just catch a thing. Money doesn't mean anything if you don't work for it or if you don't earn it. And that is, uh, that was a, his lesson to me, which was why we were so poor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, William, this gets into a few questions that we, the three of us can answer. And let's try to be brief on these answers. Um, what is the best thing to get, whether it's uh, food or a memorabilia at a football game or a baseball game? What do you love to get? As for, and I'll give you an example. For me, I love to get in there and I love to get the big souvenir Coke, the biggest they got, because I don't ever drink that when I'm not at a game. And it just seems like a, a luxury that I can have. And I got one last uh, Saturday. What is your favorite thing to get? So at a baseball game, I always get a, a hat. Yeah, get a hat. I was get a hat each time. This. And I, I mean, if you've not been to the stadium before, you yeah, get, like, okay. Yeah. And I like your old school uh, Florida Marlins hat. That's mm-hmm. that's nice. And at football games, I like to get like food. Food. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I yes. I like seven dollar Chick Fil A sandwiches at football yeah, games. <laughs> I like a good pretzel and i would argue pretzel technology is diminishing because my pretzels are getting much more 
crusty and, and mm-hmm. hollow inside, but a really great ball game pretzel covered in salt, even a little butter. Oh, yeah. That's like riding my strikes over baseball games. But it's hard to find those. Yeah. They usually kind of crap out on them. They're definitely not at Sanford. Okay, William, what is your best Georgia football game memory when you were in attendance? Okay. Remember our stat that we figured out last week? Mm-hmm. We figured this out on the ride to, to Georgia, Florida. William has not seen Georgia lose. He goes to three, four, five games a year. No, more than that. Five, six games a year. Okay. He has not seen Georgia. I go to like every home game. Every home game. And, then, and Georgia Tech, so that's like yeah. eight. And um, he has not seen them lose since they lost at home to Georgia Tech. That's the last wow. time he has seen Georgia lose in person. Yeah. And he will be there on Saturday. Awesome. So, so what's what your is, favorite yeah, what is, memory so, in person? Um, I remember... That day, the Notre Dame game. Oh, I remember game. that. You were sick and were rallied. I was <laughs> so glad to see you there. Yes. Yeah, and that was like one of the best days of my life because, like, the Cardinals. That was yeah, the Cardinals crazy. had an awesome game that day. That's right. Yeah, and then um, it was Georgia was up by like three or something, and um, Notre Dame was driving. Notre Dame could have won that game. Could have. Remind people yeah, all Notre the time. Dame was driving. The vibe in that stadium would have been. Bad. Mm. We all had the last second loss, mm-hmm. and they were like at like the thirty. It was like fourth and three, and Joey just sacked Ian Book, and I was. Happy. Oh, you remember better than I do. Yeah. I think my favorite one, the most joyous I think I've been, was probably Georgia Auburn SEC championship game when he intercepted mm. that and oh, ran yeah. down because that felt like the first breakthrough. Mm-hmm. That felt like the first time where like. Oh wow, they're they are they're they're just going to the playoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's after after all the frustration all this time being here, that that I always remember uh, Kirby runs with him down the field. Mm-hmm. And I think there've been higher moments. Obviously they've won two national championships since then. And I was not at the the uh, Rose Bowl. I feel I might feel differently if I'd have been right, at the Rose Bowl. Right. But um yeah, that I always remember that moment of that that interception in the Auger game when you realize it's happening. I would probably feel that way about the the Ring, Ringo uh Interception, but I was in the press box. Okay. And it's not the same when you're in the yeah. press box. Yeah, it's mine, fun, but it's not the same. Mine uh, was an Auburn game, and it's not the one you think about with 1997 with the black jerseys. That was awesome. Um, and then they, they dominated that game. But my favorite moment, and y'all will remember this, it might have been 01. I'm sorry I don't remember the year, but it was Odell Thurman. Auburn's driving, about to score a touchdown. They're on our two-yard line, and um, their quarterback – throws it right over the middle. Odell Thurman picks it off and runs it back 98 yards. That was just a thrilling moment. The stadium erupted. Um, So if I had to think of one singular moment where the stadium went from nervousness, tense, to elation, there's nothing like that when you're in a stadium. And, uh, you know, kind of like Stackhouse happened, but not really, but just a, a home run play like that. That was awesome. The biggest moments that weren't national, like the biggest moments I've seen, remember, because all the huge, huge moments I've been in the press box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like, you know, to, and I go to all the, obviously all the games in the stands, but and I, I would also argue one thing I think of when I think of the college football, I'm so excited for the SC Championship game. It's just, like, it's so, the environment is so good there at that game that, uh, uh, some of my great moments are always kind of there. Also, their games here, they're favored to win all the time. So the, the wins, even when they're exciting, feel you feel almost more relief than you feel elation because you're not on the way up anymore. What is the best UGA venue to watch a game other than football? 
I would say I love going to the baseball games. I love Foley Field. I know they need to do a lot of work on it, but I just I I like y'all. I love baseball and I love going to Foley Field. Would what what about you, William? So I like to go to Georgia basketball games because we had really good seats. had really good seats until uh, until, until the athletic department got uh, taken down by greed and avarice. Mm-hmm. Um, because and Georgia's um not good, not great. Um, so it's like happy when they win, cause like it's like a shocking development. <laughs> I actually I love going to softball games. Mm-hmm. I think softball games are really fun, and volleyball games are fun. Oh yeah, those are my underrated sporting events. Yeah. And not I prefer when they volleyball is not at Stegman. Mm-hmm. When they're in the smaller venue, I think it's a little bit sure. Fun. Wait, where's the smaller venue? Uh, Ramsey Center. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, and the final question, William: Your favorite teams, other than your own, in college football? Mm-hmm. Listen, college football, college basketball, NHL, MLB, NFL, and NBA. So I'll start, so you can get an idea. My favorite team in college football, other than Georgia, mm-hmm. is TCU, because my mom went to TCU, and I grew up. Hearing about the Horn Frogs, so that's that one. College basketball, I don't really have one because unlike you, I'm not that big of a college basketball fan. If I had to pick, it would just be anybody that's playing Georgia Tech or anybody that's playing Florida. So I'm being honest here with that one. NHL, I don't really have one, but I would pull for the Calgary Flames because they used to be the Atlanta Flames, and when I was a kid, they moved. Uh, Atlanta's uh, lost two NHL teams. We lost the Flames to Calgary, and we lost the Thrashers to Winnipeg, and they changed names to the Jets. So uh, MLB, it would have, it would definitely, definitely have to be the Cincinnati Reds for me. I grew up just with the baseball card. And everything. It was back when uh, you know Dave Concepcion. And, I'm holding William back. Right and, now, by the and way, Johnny Bench. Not like that answer. Uh, yeah, I love the Reds. I loved their uniforms back when I was a kid. Um, for the for NFL, even though I'm a huge Falcons fan, I've always just loved the Seahawks. Um, for some reason, maybe it was the fact that when Steve Largent was there, uh, and they were so you know back in the '80s, growing up. To think of the Seahawks, it was like they're so far it was away, exotic. and they yeah. were in the AFC. So yeah, we just didn't. Were play. Awesome. Their yeah. helmets were awesome. So uh, that's who it would be. And for the NBA, it'd probably have to be the Dallas Mavericks because I really liked Dirk when and enjoyed. I was in Dallas when they won their um, the Dirk title, their their title. So that's right. uh, my. Right, well, I'm curious. They, you know, of course, for college, you can't pick Georgia or you can't pick Illinois either because okay. I think you're generally. Georgia and Illinois there. So for college football, who would for it be? College football, it would probably be um, Kansas. Okay. Kansas, okay. Because they're fun and they're usually bad, okay. but sometimes they're good, so it's fun. Fair enough. And for college basketball, Yale. Because yeah. a lot of people in our family would Yeah, that's Yale. good. That's good. Her, his mother's side, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, NHL? For NHL, oh no. No, yeah. who's your team in NHL? The Blues. Okay, so okay. who's your second team? Um, probably the Islanders. Okay. Um, because I don't know. Okay. The fact that you know that there's a team called the Islanders and you're a, a kid living in Georgia says yes. something. Um, and for the. For baseball. Baseball. For baseball, probably. 
It was the Angels, but not anymore. No, the show High Scott? Um, probably. I like the Twins. Twins? They're pretty fun. Okay. And then, and then football. Football. You're a Browns fan. I'm a Browns fan. Dad's probably not going to be happy about this. Because um, I probably say the Dolphins because they okay. have a lot that of That wouldn't money. make me mad. Oh. You just he didn't he didn't pick the one that he was gonna pick because he thought I was gonna be a, yeah. I was gonna kick him out throw him out of the car. And for the for the NBA NBA probably the Bulls because um because he's a Bucks fan he's a Milwaukee Bucks fan mm-hmm. okay the Bulls because they're they have Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and you know uh, Dennis okay. Rodman. All right, and okay. Will, what about you? For uh, okay. uh, starting with college football and then college basketball, I have, a, I have to say for college football, it's probably Mississippi. Okay, <laughs> I've always kind of enjoyed them. Uh, college basketball, I've always kind of had a soft spot for. Um, I would say Kansas State. Mm. That was like Kansas State is a basketball program. Bruce Weber was there, and of course the BTK killer was a yeah, big fan of course of uh, Kansas State. Uh, baseball, um, obviously the Cardinals. I would. I liked Williams Angels answer. I would probably say Mariners. I have a soft spot for mm-hmm. the Mariners. I was it because they were in Seattle and yeah. it was a far Seattle? off place? I liked the way you described that. Yeah. The Seahawks. I enjoyed that. The uh, space laser. The space laser. Yes. Um, football. I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan. That's going great. Um, I, I have to be the Bills. We have family <laughs> right, on that side. Right. And I've, I've always had a soft spot for the Bills anyway. I'd say I do also kind of like your Browns. Um, NBA. I'm a Knicks fan. Um, I. Uh, I love the Warriors. They are the. Yeah. I, I actually, when it comes to the NBA, I'm an institutionalist. I like the Warriors and the Lakers. I don't have a problem with other ones. Though I hate the Celtics. The Celtics are the ones I don't like. And um, NHL, NHL probably Buffalo. I'm a St. Louis Blues fan, but I'm probably Buffalo as well because that side of the family. Anyway. Oh yeah, so yeah. Um, that's that's uh, that's Pretty a fun good. one. That's good. And for I guess for college football and college basketball, it's Georgia. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. So uh, obviously, I'm a little bit closer on that one. Well, William, good job. Good Great job, job William. In. Good job hanging in, and uh, we'll be out there, and we'll do. I'll do a post game with Tony at some point on Sunday. Okay. I'll probably from Vegas at some point, but uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. I'm excited to get together, and we'll we have another day show next week. Okay, we have another day. Is show Is that what's next on the calendar? Week. That's what's on the calendar. Another right. day show next week. Do I have school? Home. You have school. Yeah, he, William did not have school today because of. Uh, did, but your kids had school. Yeah, today. in Clark County, one of the things during COVID. One of the things they negotiate with the teachers is that the teachers would get election day off. Okay. So even though I just voted, I actually not only just voted, the poll worker was reading the time has come oh, when we actually voted, which was really awesome. But um, there's, in, if you're voting in Clark County now, there's literally one thing to vote for. There's one, but there's one ballot to cast. Like there's no, like there's one race, and that's all you get. So I hope they enjoy the day off to yeah. go on that one race today. And I know yeah. I'm glad that they had the day off because I'm glad you joined us, William. Exactly. It was yeah. a good time. It was a good time. Now, uh, and now tonight, I'm taking his brother to the Atlanta United playoff game tonight. He didn't want to take me. I take you to every game. That's <laughs> not was, true. It's probably time when, for when to go to a game. When's been to more games than me this year? Been to more Atlanta United games? Yes. How many more baseball, football? He doesn't care games? about them. <laughs> no? Okay. Oh, boy. He doesn't even care about soccer. He just plays soccer. Anyway, the point is... Might make him better yeah. by seeing it on the field. Um, so, uh, it's a good time. So, we'll be back Sunday to do the post game, And then, uh, uh, and hopefully, William will be a little less mouthy and, uh, and defiant. <laughs> Boy, your ride home is going to be rough. Uh, on, on the way home. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Until then, go dogs. Go dogs.
And thanks so much for listening. Like Will said, he and Tony and maybe William will be back with a post game on Sunday. And uh, hey, this is what this is what you get season tickets for. This is what you tailgate for. This Saturday is gonna be awesome. The weather's gonna be nice and cool. And our friends from Ole Miss, uh, they live amongst you. They will be out there tailgating as well. So have a great time. Uh, we'll see you on campus. And as always, go dogs. William, do you always listen to the very end, or do you cut it off early? Well, I usually fall asleep. You usually fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough.